When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Mastery Mindset Podcast. We have the founder, co-founder, and president of Limitless Minds, where they're taking competitive thinking into the business world. I'm so honored to be on that squad as a mindset coach. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Harry Wilson. Harry, what's up, bro? What's up, man? What's good? What's good? How are you doing? I'm jealous because we're on Zoom. I wish I could, we could be together. And I'm jealous of your dope mic system, man. That looks legit. Listen, man, I'm just trying to level up, man. I'm trying to step up the game. You yeah. know what I mean? Trying to, trying to, you know, listen, they, what they tell you, right? Like, dress the part, right? So, you know, I mean, if, if I'm, <laughs> while I'm trying to get my game up, might as well get the right equipment. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. So I love that we have so much in common. We both were two sport college athletes. Mm-hmm. We both used to sell to doctors, mm-hmm. sell pharma and devices, um, but we both have an obsession with mindset training That's right. and how mindset rules everything and how really in business, uh, even in, in sport, you know, you can train your body, you can train your skills, you can train your mind, but most people are not actively training their mindset. And mindset training, in my opinion, in your opinion, is the missing link towards being your best. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about the origin story, bro. Like when did mindset training, when did like the power of the mind to you become, wow, this is so powerful. I need to tap into this. Well, I mean, I, I think that for, for me, you know, like reflection on um, and, and reflection and realizing that it wasn't a strength of mine, you know, at a, at a, at a critical point in my life or kind of a season of my life, you know, where, where really I could have used it. Right. You know, so that, that time frame from, you know, eighth grade to through college, right? You know, um, and 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 then, you know, moving on, right? Matriculating, if you will, from 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 that time that season, going out of college, really being able to step out on my own and kind of start to create my own path, um, and and certainly developing um, as a, as a as a man, as a as you know, then a husband, a, a father. Um, a, a sales pro, a sales leader, um, really coming into my own, if you will. And that, that's a cliche phrase, but really all that was is about mindset and, and realizing all the gifts that I had to give, you know, um, and, and my confidence level started to soar. And then realizing that, that it, w- it was all in my, in you know, between my, between my ears. And then on top of that, I'm watching, my little brother, for those listeners who don't know, my, my younger brother is Russell Wilson, Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And, um, you know, one thing I know about my brother in observation is that, you know, he's a savant when it comes to how he thinks competitively. Um, he's, you know, one of the most confident individuals that I know. And um, his adversity tolerance is, you know, endless, right? It's limitless, if you will. But it's, 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 it's the highest, you know, he's got 
you know, even compared to his peers at the highest level, I think that he's got, you know, some of the, the highest adversity tolerance, the, you know, the, the greatest adversity tolerance amongst his peers and certainly just kind of the, the everyday person. And so, you know, as I ran sales teams, as I tried my best to perform consistently year over year, quarter over quarter, I realized that, you know, this really is the difference. You know, it's not necessarily what market I have as a salesperson, you know, what hand I'm dealt, what products I have in my bag. It's how do I how do I respond to adversity when it comes, not if it comes, but when it comes. How do I respond? Because I think that's the difference between consistent success. I think anybody can win quarter Q1 and Q2. Anybody can win, you know, this year or that year. But to win year in, year out, I think you have to have a level of adversity tolerance that's consistent and it can only be built. Right. That's what we call it. Mental conditioning it can only be built over time. It's not you're not going to show up with it. It's it's time and time again, building block over building block, trying to prepare your mind for the inevitable, you know, challenge that inevitable, you know, uh, whether it be micro or macro adversity that that's, that's going to hit, you know. That's so true. And uh, I look at, you know, you know, a lot of people, they are smashing Netflix they're maybe too too into Twitter and politics. There's a lot of content right now. It's a lot of it's negative. Sure. Um, you know, it's watching sports. But I think about, you know, you go to the gym, you got to go to the mind gym and develop these tools. Mindset is a conditioned set of beliefs that drive behaviors, emphasize conditioned set of beliefs. So when you saw your transformation, when you're leading teams, when you're out coaching the biggest brands and, and businesses in the country right now, mm -hmm. A term that I know that we use is being neutral. Yeah. Because a lot of content, if you go on Google and Google positive thinking, there's going to be a million things. If you look at neutral, there's maybe, maybe two years ago, one thing. Now there's probably more uh, because of a certain mindset coach in the squad that's crushing that messaging. So let's talk about being neutral and why that sure. is so huge. Sure. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is, is tell you what neutral is not, right? So oftentimes, you know, when you first hear neutral, you know, you may think that neutral means like a lack of movement, right? Or being idle or, you know what I mean? Uh, when quite, it's quite, it's quite opposite of that, right? It means that when you are in motion, if you will, right? Or when you are in the thick of things, it's, it's an, it's an emotional state, right? It's the ability to, to, to be able to go straight to behaviors, right? Truth, um, facts, right? The ability to acknowledge negative, right? Um, but then to identify or diagnose why did negative or why did that situation happen, right? Okay, here's one or two things, one or two, three reasons why. And then be able to go straight to your solution bank, right? And say, hey, here are the solutions, right? Based on, you know, what I know, what I've been trained on, what I, you know, how I, how I feel, what, um, you know, what's worked in the past, right? Be able to find solution, one, solution one, two, or three. And then be able to say, okay, now that I've diagnosed it, I have a plan. Now I can move past negativity, right, or that negative situation without judgment, right, and be able to move forward. So it's this really this place between positive and negative that allows you to just pause, right, reset. I think you and I have talked about reset, right, mm -hmm. pause, reset, you know, slow down the velocity of adversity. Because you know, sometimes adversity is coming so quick, like, it's, you know, like that snowball, right, that avalanche that just keeps going and just, it's overwhelming. So slowing down, neutral allows you to slow down, right? And you think about a car, you know, you, you go from, you don't just go from, you know, reverse to drive, right? You know, you go to, you go to neutral in between, right? And that, and, and you, and really on neutral, you know, you coast. We're not asking people to coast, 
But what we're asking you to do is slow down the velocity of that adversity. So I think that neutral really allows you to do that, and and um, it allows you to to acknowledge negativity, take some of the pressure off of positivity. When sometimes positivity is you know wrong place, wrong time, especially as a leader. So it allows you to kind of really be authentic. I think as a leader, I think it allows you to. Yeah. to really focus on behaviors and count on those. That's so true. And and I read an article, I forget the source. It's called Some People Are Toxic by Being Overly Positive. Mm-hmm. When um, actually there is COVID-19, um, there is some businesses that are, are losing stuff. There, you know, I can't blah, 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 blah. So there is some challenges. We have to acknowledge that this is real and just being fake positive is not going to guarantee success. Um, I think really the, the thought is, you know, we can't guarantee that being positive will always work, but we can't guarantee that being negative always works for the negative. When I think about being neutral, for me, when I'm coaching, is being neutral is grounded in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Shame lives in the past. Fear lives in the future. But being neutral means I'm not judging an outcome. I'm going to control what's in my power right now. What's the behavior? What's an action? What is a tactic? Uh, with how I speak to myself, with how I show up, with what I choose to focus on in that moment. And let's just remove judgment because every outcome, Harrison, as you know, is neutral. We just attach a story that is negative or positive. I love that. Yeah, that's right. So if we if we can just attack the moment, okay, what, what has happened? What has happened is not going to guarantee what will happen. What can I do right now? And I think let's transition this to how does this carry over in, into life? We're both fathers, you know, how are we balancing adjusting to the, the adversity challenge change, uh, how does this stuff, how does mindset training affect you as a husband, as a, a father, as someone that's that you've started a business and the business model has had to completely change. So juggling work challenges, juggling home challenges, how has neutral thinking served you? Well, I have to admit, you know, I, you know, I, I, I've been, I've always had to kind of balance or kind of, really maybe the word is combat. I've always had to combat my strengths in business versus my personal life because my strengths are my strengths. My weaknesses are my weaknesses. One of my, one of my weaknesses, one of my strengths in business um, has been often uh, my, my impatience, right? So how that's shown up in a positive way in business is, is like, you know, earning and earning opportunities that maybe I'm not even quite ready for, right. From a, from a resume standpoint, right. Kind of seeking out, like unique and, uh, you know, kind of progressive roles or pioneering a role or a space in the business, you know, business unit that I'm in to take a chance on myself and then inevitably being successful. And then that launching into the next opportunity, right. Um, you know, starting as an entrepreneur, you know, kind of having a bias for action, I think is a good thing, you know, you know, believing yourself, believing your instincts and then going, moving forward. Right. Can we pause pause right there before you get into the butt? Hey, yeah. audience, did you listen to what Harrison said, bias for action? And that's yeah. one thing I love about you. You've been talking about bias for action ever since I've known you, which yeah. is fire, aim, ready. We're not going to always have our ducks in a row. We're not going to always be super, like, clear with what's going to happen exactly. But if you can just change your mindset to just to move yeah. and to take action, an object and idol stays an idol, an object in motion stays in motion. So, listeners, you hear Harrison said he's a mindset coach. Take action. An action is going to give you a, a better chance than not taking action. Or go, go ahead. Well, and, and, and also, just so you know, where, where kind of the, I was inspired by that is um, I was talking to Jeff Wilkie, who's one of the executives at Amazon. And, um, 
you know, as he challenged me to kind of uh, study their leadership principles and identify how our organization, Limitless Minds, can impact them, right? So I remember diving into their leadership principles that they have. I think they have 14 of them, I believe. And one of them was bias for action. And I hadn't really been using that term before that. And I was like, dang, that's really smart because, you know, it's, it's you know, the, and, the, and the kind of the thought behind it was, in my own words, was that, you know, um, you know, the belief in yourself, the belief in kind of, you know, how you, you know, you've educated and prepared yourself to make a decision, right? Don't, you don't have to measure a hundred times, right? You know, uh, you know, do the research, do the, build the plan, believe in the plan, move forward, because the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work. And most mistakes are able to, are able to be, you know, kind of redeemed in a way, went away, right? Most mistakes aren't deadly, if you will, right? Deadly in quotes, um, for those who can't see me, right? Just because, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's always a, a way to kind of say, Hey, let me reiterate on this. Right. And so the, 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 um, the punishment or the, or the ripple effects of, of making a mistake, usually, especially in business, if you're, you know, as long as you've done some work towards it really aren't that crippling, you know, and, but really the payoff usually isn't, isn't having that vice reaction and being, you know, expect, you know, and expediting and being speedy you know, to the, to, to step two, step three, step four. So I, I really believe that ever since kind of studying that. And so I've tried to implement that in my own life and into my own business world, you know, but so back to that patience, right? I mean, it's, it's been, um, been excellent for me in business for the most part. Um, and, and, but in personal life, you know, I mean, whether you're as a parent, right, <laughs> you have kids, I mean, like you have, you keep having kids really, uh, Colin. I mean, like we you, just, Keep popping them out. You're exactly yeah, you right. You might not even be done yet. You're still rolling. But, um, but you know, but you know how you know as a, as a father, um, you know the the value of patience is so critical. So I've been really working on that in my my life, uh, even as also as a husband. As you you know, I know you know that as well. It's like patience, as they say, is a virtue, and that's an area that has been st strong for me in one area and not as strong in, the, in in another. And so really, really working on that, and and I'm being able to still flex that muscle in areas where where it's, you know, where it's, where it's important. So I mean, neutral, I think is there's, you know, neutral is in that, in that, in that vocabulary for patience. You know, I think that it requires, you know, I think neut being neutral requires you to be patient. We talk about pause, we talk about reset, we talk about being present. You know, it's hard to be present when you're already, when you've already turned the page, you know? Yeah. So really have to slow down that process of turning the page. So that's what I've been trying to do in this environment that we're in now in 2020 um, and, and thinking about and being super grateful, I know that you you value gratitude that that tool. And so I, what I've really tried to do is pause more and insert gratitude in there, right? You know, because there's a lot of negativity around us, whether it be politics, Twitter, you know, social media, whatever. Um, trying to do the best I can to kind of minimize my access to that stuff um, mm -hmm. and and insert gratitude, right? And then share that gratitude with you know my kiddos. I have three daughters, eight, five, and three, and my wife, who's who's doing her best to balance being a working mother at home and also, you know, being the you know teacher uh, at the homeschool and everything. So, so I mean, neutral neutral has been a critical kind of recipe to to handling these last what six seven months, you know. And I, I certainly have not been perfect uh, in that in that effort, but but certainly trying to be conscious, you know, consciously competent when it comes to yes. to that. You know, constant confident. You know why you're successful. You know certain behaviors you're going to execute. Behaviors precede success. Let's talk about current issues right now, bro. Yeah. The the our country is going through some some times. It's sad, but it's also exciting. There's some realities that we're we're seeing that a lot of people 
we're not aware of. Me being a white male, I've learned so much this year. Um, I'd love to learn from you. And I go back to what mindset is, is a conditioned set of beliefs that drive behavior. Racism is a conditioned belief. Kids are not born racist. Somehow they are conditioned in their environment to, to look at people a certain way. Um, and I've learned so much this year. I know I'm, I'm sad for a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of people. Um, but I'm also excited that there's this new narrative, like in the world of sport, we're seeing things like players and teams are canceling games because of the injustice that's happening. We've never seen this before. So I'd love to learn from you. Like how did race, how did, how did you, experience and what did you experience through being you know a kid and uh, a friend and a college athlete in business and even now sure well you know first of all you mentioned the word narrative and i'm really you know i've seen the same thing man um and it's good it's good you know what i'm skeptical what i'm skeptical of is is narrative will narrative turn to you know turn into action you know um, and so I guess that's to be seen and, and over time, hopefully that's the case. And uh, so, you know, I, I really want to believe in it and, uh, and, and, you know, but it can be discouraging for a lot of us out here, right? You know, we, we've, this is not new, you know what I mean? The, what's happening is not necessarily new. We're just getting, we're just more and more, we're just more visible to it because of social media and cameras and on the phones and, and, um, you know, it's an election year and, and, and certainly the, you know, the politics for the last handful of years has been interesting and different. So I think we're just more more aware, more woke, you know what I mean? We're woke to it, right? You know, so it's interesting. But I mean, me as a kid, man, I, I'm, I have an interesting background, right? Because I grew up, I'm, I was I was token. I was the token dude, right? I was the guy, I was a black dude in the all white community, predominantly white community, certainly. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, Colin. So I went to a, a school in, a private school in Richmond, Virginia, west end of Richmond, super nice area, um, affluent area of town. I was, I lived walkable distance to school. Um, went there from fourth grade on. My brother went to the same school, kindergarten through 12th grade. My sister went there for a bit. And, um, and so you couldn't hide from, you know, kind of like being, being, being Brown, being the black kid in, in school, you know? And, and, uh, so, you know, I re, you know, I, it was interesting because certainly our families had some success and, and we've, we've been close to the school ever since. Um, and I've been asked to be on the alumni board of my school, you know, year in and year out. And for different reasons along the way, I, I would decline. Um, and, and then this year, for whatever reason, I decided to accept. I was like, you know what, That's, this will be great. Like, you know, let me get involved and let me, let me be a part of this thing. So that was like April, early May. And then the George, George Floyd incident happened. And of course, you know, uh, all of this, uh, this, you know, the conversation and and protests around social and racial injustice um, really really flared right and so here I am I find myself the one black male on the alumni board with another um, black female on the alumni board and so it's her her and I now kind of like everybody's looking to us for some answers right not just us right we you know the the, the school came up with a statement the statement was somewhat weak so then that incited some you know the call for some webinars. You know, some Zoom, some Zoom calls, which was interesting in itself. And there was, uh, you know, a couple hundred folks on these webinars to talk about race. But what was interesting is it was really like, hey, black folks, um, what do you like? Tell us where what we should know and what, what we should learn. And we're listening. Right. And that's fine. But like for years, for too many years, it's it's been, you know, 
it's been like the burden of black folks to like to teach white people about like how racism is impacting us you know and so you know it was interesting right and and, and certainly there were some there were white people that um got an opportunity to to tell their story and speak up and and that was effective but but it was interesting the reason why i tell that story is because a lot of what i heard from my my peers my black peers many of whom were younger than me uh, more recent grads even the last two to five years ten years the word that kept coming up Colin, was trauma right wow. trauma and that hit me because i didn't have that experience and i told him that i said you know guys it's interesting listening to you guys because i didn't have that experience i didn't have that traumatic experience right um, I had a unique, I had an interesting one, and I had one that impacted me, one that I still think about today, but it wasn't trauma. Trauma would not be the word that I used, right? Um, I have one that, you know, the kind of the words that I would use was would be like, I don't know, the phrase that I might use is just not maximized, you know? Um, and, you know, because at the school that I grew up going to was predominantly white, you know, a couple of few black kids in every class, you know? But there were, when I was there, there were no black teachers, right? No black coaches. No black head of school, no black head of middle school, upper school, lower school, none of that, right? So no black folks in leadership. And so part of my statement to kind of the the, the board and to those that were on the call, faculty, staff, et cetera, was, you know, a lot of people want to go to needing more black students, right, at this particular school. But really it was, really the need is for more black leadership, you know? Wow. And because when I grew up in this environment, I didn't have anybody that looked like me that I could go to and, and and ask a question, tell a story, ask for advice, or to look out for me in the hallway, right? And but to look out for me, knowing that what what it what it takes to be black in a all white community, right? You know, I had people look out for me. Sure, it wasn't like I was absent of any type of any type of uh, you know uh, you know love and leadership there, but it was just love and leadership that didn't necessarily identify with me, right? That I, or that I couldn't identify with. And so it's a really challenging environment to grow up in because then you start to, now I'm going to get to my point here, right? So then what, what you lack uh, in that environment is identity, right? And because you're, you, I found myself consistently trying to be like others, that I, other people. I found myself spending a lot of time trying to fit in, right? And so in that community, I'm trying to fit into an all-white community, right? And there's ripple effects of that. But then as soon as I leave that community, and go to, a, at the time, went to an all-black church, predominantly black church, and played AU basketball, predominantly black, mm -hmm. in, at least in my community. And so then I'm, a, then I'm trying to fit into that community, right? Wow. So, like, you know, this, you know, this concept of code switching is a great podcast called Code Switch, by the way, out there. Like, that was, that was a challenge for me. So, so that impacted my confidence. We talked about confidence, right? That impacted my confidence tremendously. So I wasn't, wasn't traumatic. That was, it was more of a slow bleed for me. Right. Because, you know, I didn't maximize my time there because I spent so much time trying to fit in. I wow. spent so much time trying to survive that I had no time. I didn't really spend time trying to thrive. You know what I mean? And so it took me a while to kind of get out of that. And so so, I mean, like being black in my in, in my story, you know, I didn't lack for anything for much, at least. Right. I was competing against people that were going to be successful, which I think was a good thing. Right, because it uh, you know let me, it forced me to level up, you know, my mm -hmm. game. I was I was popular. I was an athlete. I dated, um, you know what I mean. Like I, I had this good social life, so I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was. I didn't feel like I was separated from my community or or, or oppressed in my in my particular community. 
it was just slowly behind the scenes. I was lacking identity, lacking confidence. Right. Um, and, and, um, didn't really have that, that leadership that I required to probably be my best self, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm reflecting on these last, this last year particularly, you know? And, and I think that kind of spills over to the young race too. It's like, are you trying to fit into all these different groups instead of standing firm on who you are and, and your, your belief systems and being authentic and being vulnerable and being present? But I can, I can see how that would be super challenging. And a, a, a question that I learned from one of my good friends who ran the track at Harvard, a former track sprint champion, her name is Ghazi Musa, one of my good friends, black, strong woman, very, very bright. Mm-hmm. She, she asked this great question. She says, who do you choose in terms of who you hang out with, who you spend time with, who, who you hire? Even as something simple, me as a speaker who makes content, like what pictures do I choose to show on mm-hmm. a slide deck? Is it just right. white males? Yeah. Is it black? Is it female? Is it different colors, different, you know, whatever? So that question, who do you choose, really stuck with me. And like just being, the word I like to think of, we need to be intentional. And we need to, you know, take a step back and like, okay, what was my, what are my habits? Who am I choosing? Am I being proactive? Because I think we need to be a little more proactive. We talk about bias for action. Knowledge isn't enough. We need to take some more action. Well, Maybe. I, I think I think that's what you know that concept that we're that we're seeing a lot more in 2020 about anti-racism. You know, I think that uh, you know there's been so many you know kind of this silent group that you know certainly identifies as like oh, I'm not racist, not being racist, right? And they aren't, right? They aren't, you know, they the, they don't, you know, the, that group that says I don't see color, right? You know, it's in their heart, right? They and they and it's true and they believe it. But I think what's missing and kind of what I think what's being brought to the surface right now is this concept of anti-racism, which is for, which is what you're talking about, being more intentional. Right. And and, you know, because you do have all this this level of choice around who you insert into your leadership team as a, as a as a corporation, who you insert into your life, who you insert, you know, in your case of like when you're trying to do when you're you know basically playing show and tell as a speaker on like, hey, what good looks like? Well, what are you choosing? Right. What are you choosing yeah. to be that example? Um, you know, the list can go on and on. But it requires a louder voice and a more proactive voice and action, more importantly, on, you know, um, inclusion uh, and the diversity and, and whatnot. Right. So, I mean, I think that you make a good point about being more proactive, being more intentional about, you know, kind of like what you're putting in your sphere of influence and and kind of what messages and aesthetics are you putting out in the street? You know what I mean? That's it. Um, and that was kind of moved gears towards. Um more kind of creating this uh i think you and i both have a passion for we really we want to make mindset training normal the phrasing that we like to say is you don't need to be sick to 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 get better Mm -hmm. uh whether it is racism whether it is empathy whether it is confidence whether it is being neutral um so kind of what are you hearing i mean you guys we work with the biggest organizations in the world what have you learned from those leaders, from these top performers about mindset? What are some takeaways that from Amazon you mentioned that bias reaction, but maybe, you know, you don't have to name names, but what, what are some common behaviors, some common mindset traits that whether the leaders or the, the top salespeople have? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, what, what I'm finding more and more, and I, I mentioned this at the top of the top of the our conversation, you know, about adversity tolerance, right? Um, I think what we're finding is that, you know, the consistent type of form, performers, individual contributors, uh, leaders, you know, 
whether it be like a, you know, like a first line leader, like a district manager, area manager, or whether it even be, you know, an executive C-level, CXO suite kind of level, um, is that they have a really good handle on, on, you know, on adversity tolerance, right? And now some, some of those individuals don't, don't, don't quite know that they do, right? They've come up, they've come across just because of all the different experiences that they've had and that they've used as a kind of a repertoire to kind of build this adversity tolerance. But, but many, many folks are starting to realize that this is a competitive advantage, right? That this is a tool, an actual skill that you can, you know, as an, as a skill, you can, you can teach it, you can learn it, right? Hence, hence the need for what Limitless Minds is doing. And what you're doing with us, right, is 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 building those skills. And and I think that um, so I think that you know you start to be able to measure if you can measure mindset, which we which we can do, and we have and we've done with some of our assessment work. If we can measure it and show people where they're at today, train them, and then show them where they're at in six months, twelve months, whatever. Now we can start to quantify where your adversity tolerance is. We start to quantify where your mindset level is in these different areas, and we're finding that those that have for example, you know, those that are the strongest in the area of hope and resilience tend to tend, we can, we start to start to predict transformational leadership. Right. Um, and so, and so, and hope and resilience are part of adversity tolerance. Right. So, so I think that those that, that are start to build and condition their mind to increase their adversity tolerance are those that, that win, you know, uh, in 2019, they win in 2020, they'll win in 2021 and 2022. Right. And if they don't, you know, they're not really, they're not going to have a lot of, you know, like there's like there's stats for like quarterbacks or for teams that like, you know, that they really don't lose back-to-back games, you know, right? It's very rare if they do. Um, and that's because probably because of their level of resilience and adversity tolerance, right? Same thing as a business leader or, or an individual contributor in, in business. You might have a bad quarter. You might have a, a tough year, but you likely don't have another one, you know, like back, you know, back-to-back. And that's a quality. That's <laughs> consistency. I mean, you cannot underrate consistency. I know you know that you know, as a former athlete and, and business leader, sales leader, I know you know that like consistency is, you know, every leader loves their people to have consistency, to be able to demonstrate consistency, you know? So. I love that. I think we're going to just transition as we kind of wrap up the uh, next few minutes. I will just give this one last little tidbit. I'm on a soapbox. Leaders, how many times in your career have you said, we need to be more mentally tough? Mm-hmm. And I say, well, thank you, genius. Are you teaching your people how to do that? Okay. So bring in some experts. Uh, I always say, you know, if you had two sales forces, you have Salesforce one, you do the same onboarding. Here's the product. Here's the industry. Here's the customer. Here's blah, blah, blah. And then you have you know, sales group two where you give them that kind of product knowledge and service knowledge. Then you teach them elite mindset skills. Group two is going to crush group one. There's just no doubt. So. There is solutions out there, people. If you're looking for solutions to get that edge, mental training is the well, missing link. Well, listen, link. listen. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard leaders say it, and you have a book called "Culture is King," right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so, like, you know, mindset is is something that helps build your culture, right? The light, the right language that your team has collectively in aggregate will, will create the culture that you have. So, like, so it's true. Culture is king, and it starts with the right language, right behaviors, right? It's, it's it, the right language first. The right behavior that, that creates the right behaviors and then the behaviors create the results. And so, you know, that's, and that's culture, right? And so, you know, like, you know, a sales rep with all the sales tools and techniques and targeting and messaging, all this sort of stuff is going to, you know, they'll do okay. But the, like you said, with the, the rep, with the, and the team, with the right culture, the right language and, and thus the right behaviors is going to, 
is going to accelerate um, quicker and they're going to last longer, you know, that's uh, fact. And, that. and, and, and culture is by, by definition, the way we do things and culture is like mindset It's a condition set beliefs that drive behavior of a group. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about, let's have some fun. I want to know what, what are your, what are your favorite Jordans? <laughs> all, all, you, you got to pick all of them. I, I mean, like, I, I, for me, it's, 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 it's fours and the, uh, and the twelves for me. Oh, well, I, mean, I, like the, I like the 12s. I do like the 12s. I mean, like, I, you know, I'm more of a, yeah, I like the 12s. I think I have to go with the 12s. So I'll, I'll co-sign on that. Because most people say 11s, it's just overused. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was going to say 11s. I'm glad I didn't say that. I, I do love I the patent say leather. It. I mean, and that was Jordan's really first full year back from baseball. And they, like, one of the best years ever. And he was a little bit older, so his game kind of changed. But he was still just ruthless. So I have, you some, like the I have some eleven. I have some elevens in, in like, but in a golf cleat. Okay. Um, and I'm really proud of those. And so I just wear them around the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just wear them yeah. around the house, and wifey gets upset. But like, I, was, I do like the. <laughs> I do like those. I just like the way I look at them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Who is your favorite athlete as a uh, kid? As a kid. Yeah. Oh, good question. So I was a huge Ken Griffey. Fan. Oh, Seattle! So, I love Griffey. Yeah, and I wasn't a Seattle guy, right? You were Pacific Northwesterner. I wasn't. I mean, I'm, I was from Virginia, but I grew up in Cincinnati. I, I I was born in Cincinnati, and you know, obviously the Griffeys were were a Cincinnati family. Um, he went to Moeller High School, I believe, and um, but you know, I was a center fielder, right? So I, you know, I wanted to wear my hat like him. I wanted to take BP with my hat backwards, right? You know, that sweet lefty swing. Um, try to implement that. Uh, as best I could, and um, but I couldn't. <laughs> but that was my guy. I mean, I, I have to. There's a number of athletes. I mean, Jerry Rice. I was obsessed with Jerry Rice mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. Um, gosh, I mean, and everybody like, especially our age, Colin. You know, was was a Michael Jordan fan. So I mean, yes. You know, those are kind of three different sports. Those are probably my my guys. So so like right now though, who's your favorite athlete now? Oh man, I like that. I like that quarterback. I like. I like that quarterback in Seattle. I mean, I think he's good. I like his mindset. I like how he thinks. I like him a lot. You know, he's got a great older brother too. No, but um, I mean, you know, like certainly I enjoy LeBron. Um, and you know, really, I've I've been, I've grown to like LeBron even more over time because of what he's doing outside of the game. Correct. You know, and I because th- I think that um, I think his authenticity is real. And I think that, um, you know, he's using the platform. Um, I love Steph Curry and uh, just because of the beating yes. odds, you know, watching him at Davidson and, and they're like, no way this kid can play. And he then, looks yeah. like he's 11 and he's yeah. just and, smoking everyone. Right. And it's consistency. Um, and so those, those are a couple, you know, I've kind of, to be honest with you, I've kind of lost my, my, um, kind of my, um, my, my barometer in baseball that I used to have, you know, I don't yeah. have that player in the, in the league much more. I mean, yeah. there's some... I, I don't watch sports like I used to either. That's a yeah. fact. I could quote everyone's stats, everyone's, you know, name on everyone's roster. One person I'll add that I, I echo what you're saying. I think Mike Trout, what he's doing this year after signing, you know, last few years, one of the largest contracts in the history of sports and he's showing up and just delivering. It's not changing who he is. Just like Russell, what he did, you know, he signed up a big contract. He had his best year the next year. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, you look at being tough mentally, it's how your response to ad- adversity, yeah. challenge, change, and success. Um, speaking, I know, of getting, speaking of getting paid, though, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy? He, he's, uh, you know, I, I'm so interested to watch, you know, his next five years because, you know, he's super, obviously a transcendent talent. And um, 
And so hopefully he can stay healthy and, and uh, perform at that level because, you know, certainly he's bringing a lot to the to the game. Um, you know, the NFL the NFL's in really good hands, I think, relative to talent. Um, really right now, today, both like, you know, veteran talent at the quarterback position, that medium veteran talent, like my brother's age, and then down to like, you know, year one through four, there's some really great young leaders at the quarterback position. That, that the, and the NFL is super healthy in that regard, I feel like. Yeah. You know, you know, what, I, you know what I'm hoping you can do for us in, in the spirit of, of, of mindset training and in the spirit of, you know, a core tenet of, of mindset training is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Growth and comfort zones can't go can't coexist. Victory goes to the vulnerable. Can you give us a sample with that voice? I know you got that oh, sweet man. R&B. You got that Don't think I didn't know that you – um. I know you talk, talk about breathing a lot. And I know I've, I've heard you do your little Ariana. Just keep, keep breathing, 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 breathing. Not, I don't know the rest of the words. You can't give, 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 give us some, give us some like 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 nineties R and B. Maybe some like two two thousands R and B. Hmm. Two thousands R and B. What do you think? Like you know what do we got? We got like uh, um, it's seven o'clock on the dot, and in my drop top cruising the streets. I got a real pretty, pretty little thing that's waiting for me. I pull up, anticipating good love. Don't keep me. <laughs> right, that's man. it, bro. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start an album. I'm gonna go on Spotify and listen to that every day. Yeah. Um, how about this last question? What what show have you been crushing during quarantine? You know what we, what Courtney and I, and my wife Courtney, she um. We binged on Last Kingdom. Have you seen that on Netflix? No. no. It's kind of got like this Game of Thrones feel to it, but it's um, not quite as like, I don't know. It's not quite as like, for me, Game of Thrones was complicated. <laughs> um, it was a, it was an easier watch for me, but um, it was really good. It was really good, dude. They, they cast that thing really well. Um, and I, I just recommend you checking it out. Uh, really good stuff. We watched the whole thing. We're caught up now. I'm not sure if they're, I think it was season, is it four seasons or five? But we watched the whole thing. So that was really good. Of course, I did, we did the whole Tiger King thing at the beginning of this whole. I, I watched whole two episodes thing. like, this is too hectic for me. I, I, I cannot keep doing this. The show yeah. that we watched, we, we don't watch a ton of shows. We watched The Good Place and liked it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Good Place is good. I'm we obsessed with like, Kristen Bell's one of my Kristen Bell is so talented. Are you kidding She's adorable. Me? She's adorable. And, um, you know, and and, uh, and and Courtney likes you know her husband. She watches, she listens to her uh, to his to his uh, podcast, which his is podcast obviously is really good. popular. But um, Kristen Bell is like my other my girlfriend. Um, and, uh, and Courtney's fine. <laughs> She's, with it. Hey, She's Frozen. Fine with it. We we you have three daughters. We have four. I can sing every word to that yeah. Frozen one, Frozen two. So. Yeah. Uh, she, she, she's on it. Okay. Last question as we wrap up and during this time of adversity challenge change, a mental skill I love to talk about, and that is courage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's just end on maybe give the audience some juice, some thoughts on, on, on being courageous. This is a season of, of being courageous with the stuff going on socially with racism and all the change with having to pivot with, with business, with homeschooling, man, we need some serious courage to handle homeschooling, I'll give my my two cents. But uh, yeah, just just tell oh, yeah. me about just tell me about the word courage and what that means to sure. you, and like any inspiration. Well, I think you can describe courage in a few different ways, and there's a lot of synonyms, you know, for courage. For me, when I think courage, 
it's kind of cu- coupled with the word conviction for me, um, you know, courage in your conviction, right? And um, what, about, what I mean by that is, you know, this is one of the things that actually there was a questionnaire that went out to like the parents of my daughter's, my eight, my eight year old school, just kind of trying to get to know your, your, your kid and ask a number of questions, like how they respond in certain, certain environments. And Hey, what do you, what do you hope for in this area? What do you hope for in that area? One of the questions is what do you hope for them? Like kind of socially. Right. And um, one of our, one of our answers was that, you know, that Gracie continues to build courage and like kind of the sub response to that was that she, um, that she consistently is willing to stand alone, you know? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's going to come times where as an individual, you're going to have to really, you know, put your feet in the ground and be willing to stand alone when everybody else disagrees, right? But you have a lot of passion or conviction in, in what you believe in or um, in this pathway or that, that yellow brick road or whatever it is. And a lot of times it's hard to do, you know, peer pressure, um, you know, just the, the winds, you know, like every, every, the momentum going the other way, whatever it is. And, and so I think your ability and, and to, to have courage in your conviction and, and to really like lock in on something that you believe in is, is a really great quality to have. And one that's going to serve you well, whether you're eight, like my third grader is, mm-hmm. or if you're 18 or if you're 38 or, you know, certainly if you're, any, any, you know, of any age, right? Courage is something you can take. It's like golf, right? You can, you can play that card, you know, <laughs> until you're in the grave. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so, I mean, I, I think courage is one of my, you know, I think we, you and I have talked about kind of our, our little try, our little three principles, right? That kind of, mm-hmm. and courage is, is being courageous is, is one of, is certainly one of mine. So mm-hmm. I love that word, you know? Um, yeah. what about you? That's it. Yeah, I think of, you know, raising five, five little people, if I can teach them to think on their own, mm-hmm. uh, to be humble, to be a servant leader and, and to practice courage daily. Yeah. And when I think about the word courage, I think of a few, few key points. Number one is act different than how you feel. Nerves are normal. You're not going to always feel confident, but courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is walking alongside it. The goal isn't to N-O fear. The goal is to K-N-O-W fear. Mm-hmm. And God put the best things in life on the other side of fear. Fear is a signal that something amazing is about to happen. Therefore, I'm going to be like Beyonce, turn into Beyonce to Sasha Fierce, get my butterflies in alignment and lean into it. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be hard. So um, the fact that it's hard, that is the best part. That's where growth happens. That's where I find who I am. And you know what helps being courageous is not going alone, is asking for help. Right. Asking for help is a sign of strength. We look at anxiety now and depression and all the the, the health issues mentally. It's like asking for help is a sign of strength. You're not surrendering if you need some support. So I think think of courage, I think of that. And I think courage is, uh, you know, just being honest and just being vulnerable. I think courage is being authentic. so we can talk about courage forever, man. But uh, yeah. I think your courage is it's not is being okay with with with, with failing. And it kind of comes to this this question: is is failure a devastation or an education? I think being <laughs> courageous to to not be good at first, but just to keep showing up and keep bouncing back and keep learning. So um, yeah, yeah. Super right. grateful for you, Harrison, man. I, I love, I, it, I love you so much, oh. and I, I love oh. our collaboration. And the, the best is best is ahead, and. Um, maybe where can we find you and, and the squad? 
Yeah, man. Um, you know, our website is thinkbig-gofar.com. Um, our our social handles are all kind of like that, right? Think big. I think it's uh, think big underscore go far. Uh, go far. Think big underscore go far. Um, think big underscore underscore go far. We um, that's kind of our tagline. That's kind of our just do it, right? Um, but uh, outside of that, man, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that if as your listeners um, begin to really kind of embrace the impact of mindset and anybody who's in the business world and corporate athlete, you know, we have some offerings for you. You know, Colin's been doing some really great stuff in collaboration with us and, and, um, you know, and from a facilitator standpoint, educator standpoint, speaker content, et cetera. So we've had a really good, good marriage in that regard. It'll continue. So, so, you know, we're, you know, we got that collabo going on, you know what I mean? And it's been really great. So, but yeah, come find us, man. We're doing, we're trying to do more and go big and, and, um, and, uh, you know, there's some things coming and some, some on the digital front and to bring more access to the everyday person. And, and, uh, so stay tuned and, um, yeah, I'm just on these streets, man, trying to do it. That's it, man. And we're going to end with this. You don't need to be sick to get better. Winners do what non-winners are not willing to do. So thanks guys for listening. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. I'm not going to